Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Which way are we going? Where are we going? Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm following you. <laughs> no, I'm going to take you. What I'm going to do is I shall take you on the, on sort of like the second part of my sort of long Richmond run, which good. is described in in the book, which we'll talk about no doubt. Very good. Okay, segue. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it's sort of the second part starts when I get to Richmond, which is just one of my favourite places to either end a run or start a run or pass through. So let's do let's it. Let's go. Right, hello, good morning, this is Running Commentary, and I'm joined not by Paul Tonkinson, but by Gavin Boiter. Hello. You might remember Gavin from, uh, oh, I just had a serious pain. Oh. <laughs> I've got a strange feeling of deja vu. Oh, no, you can't this have is the episode now. where I lie down <laughs> on the ground, <laughs> roaring in agony. <laughs> so yeah, you, you listeners, you'll remember me and uh, Gavin going for a uh, long run uh, around... Uh, Hampstead Heath mainly, and uh, and environs, and uh, talking about your uh, um, your two books. Um, yes, uh, the one where you run the length of Britain. Um, uh, steeper on the way down. <laughs> yeah, it's just easier that way. Uh, yeah, what, what is it called? Steeper at the other end. Uh, downhill from here. Downhill from here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a fog of pain, a fog of pain, but it's gently abating. And then the other one, um, we talked about where you ran all the way across Europe, somewhat in the manner of the Orient Express. Yeah. What you, which was called? It was called Running in the Orient. See, I knew that one. And, uh, I bottled. Um, <laughs> but what you don't know, dear listener, is that me and Gavin and Paul went for a run along the Thames. That's about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it was that long ago. Rather lovely sunny day. Christmas. It was nice, yeah. It's all day. It was a whole season ago, that's true <laughs> enough. And um, yeah, we anyway, we had a lovely chat. We talked about all kinds of things. And the uh, episode was lost. And, lost uh, in the midst of time. So Gavin has met Paul now and is uh, fully Honest. folded into the running commentary fold. But yeah, he's not here. But he's here in spirit. Yeah. And it's a spooky enough day that he so. might actually jump out of a bush. <laughs> that would be alarming. But yeah, we're, we've come today to uh, Richmond, running yeah. off along the uh, Thames. Oh, I hear the sound of seeds popping or exploding by us. Yeah, it's really, 
it's very, uh, it's colder today. It's not freezing cold, yeah. but it's really mist, misty, moisty. Yeah. And uh, coffee leaves like, on the trees. It's kind of literary, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This morning it was like, oh, it's very Dickens out there. No, T.S. Eliot. No, Sherlock Holmes. It's like a biopic of, I don't know, some famous author. Yeah. <laughs> and also sort of cl- somehow kind of classic. London, although very romantic London, where you get lots of trees and water. Yeah, although technically, exactly. I think we're in Surrey. That's but right. we just call it London. That's what we yeah, do in London. Yeah. We just co-opt other, other counties. But what I mean is anything with a lamppost that looks <laughs> like that. This whole kind of Narnia yeah. thing. Actually, that reminds me. I need to get a picture of us. Yeah, I, I didn't get that before. Make sure by the river, because it's one of my favourite places to be. Here we are. Yeah, so well, the last <laughs> time we ran by the river... And this time, we're running by the river again, a different spot. I mean, it's a long river, right? It's, a, it's an enormous river, yes. But I think that there's something mildly auspicious about us running here now, despite the fact that um, it's a shame we lost that other chat. Yeah. Because uh, your new book is to do with turning 50, and that's something I'm about to do. Yeah, when is that? Is that imminent? Yeah, oh, it's less than two weeks away now. Yeah. Max, is it Monday? No, it's two weeks to the day. Your birthday must be extremely close to mine then. Mine's on the 20th. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> the same yeah. day as Joe Biden, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I discovered just the other day. Yeah, but you're not the same age as Joe Biden. <laughs> no, I will be by the end of this If one. he was here making that kind of pace, <laughs> I'd be very impressed. Don't all presidents Sleepy have to run fast? All, all the movies I've seen featuring American presidents have them. Yeah, jogging. I think know. all American males have to run fast, <laughs> according to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Tom Cruise. But also Tom Cruise runs like this with his with his hands like sort of spades. Yeah, well, I think I to be why. fair to Tom Cruise, and when I say to be fair to Tom Cruise, I think um, keen listeners will know. I'm about to be quite approving of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, look at I that. think when you say Tom Cruise runs like this, he runs with his very, very neat, his head hardly moves, his head's on a rail, weight slightly behind yeah. his legs, knees out front. Is that good form? Flat palms in front of him. Well, the thing is, that's really um, Ethan Hunt's running style. Where are we going? We're going into a spooky tunnel. This is taking me into a this tunnel. This is one of my... Look at that. There's a gargoyle. Look at that. Into the terrace gardens. <laughs> I'll take your word for it that that goes somewhere. Honestly. It's good, it goes about 50, maybe half a mile underground, and then we come out again. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Come on, Rob. Join me in the murder cave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a fairly uh, um, <laughs> offensive Scottish accent. Ah. Oh, was that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. They hate you when you do that. <laughs> This is nice. Yeah. This is the old country for me, Richmond. Um, uh-huh. Because uh, I grew up in uh, Heston, Hounslow. Oh, yes. And Richmond was like the, the beautiful town at the end of the bus route where we'd come for, <laughs> for picturesque walks or to skate at the long gone ice rink or nice to one. see films. I think huh. I can date it by saying I saw Back to the Future and A View to a Kill huh. here in Richmond. Right. Now, just to let you know, yep. we're going to become quite breathless in a minute due to the monstrous hill. Okay, good. Now, I suppose we could walk it. It might slow us down a bit. We could walk it. I could be nice. Hey, you're an ultra runner. I've walked the Given hills. that you've recently finished up painful marathon. Come on, let's walk. Let's actually walk. Yeah, let's walk. Oh, Otherwise, we'll be sort of gasping in a so, uh, hideous manner. No, let's get to it. So, your new book is called? It's called Run for the Hell of It. Yes. And the kind of point of it is that uh, when I was... Like a lot of people stuck in lockdown, 
not really able to go overseas, not really able to travel much. You know, in some instances, not really allowed to go out at all. Yeah. Several months, apart from for exercise. That's right. That was but one of the beauties of running, is that it yeah. the people who like to run to yeah. work something out. So give you unfair advantage, anyway. Yeah. But um, I wanted to have some adventures. So I just thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity to uh, do a bit of traveling around the country in my little camper van, visit some places I used to go to. My parents used to take me to when I was a kid. Yep. And also, when I was... Oh, well, that's so interesting, so nice. Yeah. It's an echo of that, you bringing me here, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. There's a poignancy. And that was to do with being 50 as well. Yeah, and I turned 50, and a relationship had broken up right. fairly recently. So it was kind of a transitional phase. In lockdown or before lockdown? Uh, that was just before lockdown. Right. I'd also just given up my job to, to go freelance as a writer. Oh, it's very much a time as a and then COVID kind of happened. <laughs> went, yeah, yeah. You see those plans you had? No. Yeah, yeah, we'll couple <laughs> those up. They go over the shoulder. Although it must be, I mean, it's easy to say now. Yeah. But would you say that in the long game, was there any way in which the lockdown, rather than ruining all those plans, just kind of rubber stamped them or changed them into something new? Yeah, and I think so, because I did have an advantage over a lot of people that I could, you know, I, I get paid as a writer. Mostly content and stuff like that, websites yeah. and things. I could do it anywhere. Yeah, right. You know, my creative writing, I just fit in around the paid work. So, yeah, and the fact that you were reaching a specific age. So, sorry to keep going on about the, oh, the yeah, big so five. Oh, yeah, thanks for keep reminding what, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you've been 50 for a while now. Yes, I've been so 50 what year for was, a it, was it in the lockdown, was it? I'm almost going to be 51 in about five years' time. <laughs> yeah. Very nearly. Any decade now, day now. Yeah. But um, how did the uh, um, half century relate to the uh, leaving the job, the lockdown? And Sorry, but I, I'm sli slightly uh, distracted by how staggeringly. Look at this, it. yeah. What this we is, got. This is literally what I described to visitors to London as my favourite view in London, even though, again, it's technically not London. Yeah, we're now looking, we're looking down. I mean, we say we're not in London. We're not in London. We're in the country. No. We're in like a... It looks like we're in the 19th century so, or even the just, 18th century. It's just an endless kind of glorious view of trees at different stages of coloration and mist and layers of mist. Yeah, absolutely. As you go off to the left there, you get to what in quite a lot of views would be like, as far as you can see anyway, particularly in London. Like you say, that it's so, it would be so easy to represent it in art because it's just layers of grey getting further and further away. Atmospheric perspective, as you say. Yes. The mist absolutely making it. It's not because if it was any less misty, you wouldn't have that effect. If it was any more misty, you wouldn't be able to see it at all. Yes. And it's beautifully framed because you've got the river curving in on the right. Yeah, should we, should we just not run and get some easels out? I always just stay here, exactly. <laughs> should we do like a painting version it's of it? Stunning. <laughs> uh, that building on the left, is that the Star and Garter? Uh, that is. No, uh, yes, oh, I think it is the yeah. part. It's, it's quite a big complex up on the right there. That's some kind of hospital. But that's a, no, that's actually a hotel, believe it or not. Okay. Can stay there. Nice. Um, and my favourite pub, one another, I keep saying my favourite, my other favourite Richard pub is this one, the Roebuck. It's okay, you're allowed to have several favourite pubs, otherwise <laughs> how can you have a pub crawl? Exactly. That's what we're going to mix up, we're going to mix up walk-out hills, <laughs> crawling through pubs and Just occasional running. Uh, so this one, the Roebuck, they're, they're quite happy to let you take your drinks out and sit on these benches Yeah. And just watch the sunset or something. It's nice. beautiful here. Nice to be back. <laughs> uh, I got to. I came to here to get a perfect picture of it, and there's some big purple bins, <laughs> and they're really ruining my. Can't move the bins, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll just. I mean, good. I, mean, I want them to collect their rubbish and everything, but okay, big purple bins. 
Roebuck. Look at that. I'm showing this is exactly <laughs> the view opposite it, with you in it, enjoying it. It's perfect. So, right. This, this is going to be one of those runs where you're going to want to take photographs every other second. It's going to be a lot of photos. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this time of year. So, uh, no, you're right. We need to build up a bit of flow. So, but let's, uh, that, I think this is going to be our, our little uh, blooming uh, juxtaposition between the lovely, exciting running we're having today and what we're doing right now in our lives. And you're, I'm trying to pin it down to how it fits around <laughs> 2020, really. Because you were, come on, I'm answer me one. transitional phase. On the 20th of November, 2022, yeah. how old are you going to be? 52. Okay, so it was right in there, like as the yeah. kind of second lockdown took hold, just when we thought we were coming back and then we weren't. Yeah. That's when you uh, I was hit the bump that you'd been working towards. Yeah, I went back to London after spending a little bit of time with my parents in Edinburgh, which, you know... It's a lovely thing to do as they get older. Yeah. And particularly because they live somewhere so nice. Yeah, yeah. And there's great <laughs> runs around there, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I decided to move back to London. Then another lockdown. Another lockdown was in progress, but I sort of decided, well, I can write additional chapters for what was rapidly becoming a book. Yeah. You, by sort of gamifying the process of running. Let's try not to be killed here. <laughs> um, so I did a, a range of strange little challenges. Like I decided to try and become one of those Strava artists who write things on the streets with, with, by running and using Strava. Oh, yeah, Strava. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not very artistic. Well, <laughs> visual art isn't really my thing. Film is, Thanks. but drawing not so much. Yeah, right. So I decided to try and write the word hope in the streets of West London. Yeah. Uh, which kind of mostly worked, but... So a few comic sort of wrong turns and <laughs> strange occurrences. You wrote the uh, name of the rare bird, Hoopoo, by yeah, mistake. I actually wrote, actually wrote Hooey, H-O-O-E, because I forgot to do the bottom half of the P, and I had to go back for it. Oh, we've just come through the gate. I won't stop and take oh. a photo, but we've just come over the threshold into beautiful Richmond Park. Oh, my word. It's so nice. Thank you for bringing me here yeah, today of all days. So, yeah, so you were... That was just one, I mean... I know, I, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I know that I've just seen a robin land over there as well. It's so ridiculous. This is like a kind of... So it's hyperbolically attractive. Yeah, it's appealing. like... It's like the beginning of the omen or something. Come and experience November in the UK. There'll be lampposts. Robins sitting on tree stumps. Leaves gently falling from the trees. But I think that, um, going for something you said when we were out before... I think you found a moment where, and it's really interesting for all of us runners, because you're someone who's done some incredible distance and ultra running, yeah. but still kind of reserves the right to go, oh yeah, but I'm not really that guy. You <laughs> Today's know. a 5K. Today's, you know, there are days when, look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a get up at five in the morning, bang out 20 miles every day sort of person. I'm just not that guy. So. But physically you can. I can, I can if I want to, but I have to have to have a strong, strong goal, a strong why, as you guys keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> and my why is often something others might find a little peculiar. Well, that's what I mean. So that's what happened in 2020, as far as I can see, is that you started to pick and mix your whys. Yeah. And I use the words pick and mix wisely because 
that's what it's like, wasn't it? It was like you were like a kid in a sweet shop. Another relevant quote is the baddie in Skyfall saying, oh, yeah. you can choose your own secret missions. <laughs> so you started choosing your own secret yeah. missions. Like, just one example is r- running around in the road writing the word hooey on the ground. <laughs> And then uh, another one was running all the steps and all the stops in the Piccadilly line. Brilliant. Uh, How long did that take and how far was that? Actually, it took two days. It was like 32 miles or something. Yeah. I hope to do it in one, but just negotiating all the back streets of uh, like West London. Yeah. Took a lot out of me before I even got near to town. No, no, but there's a. I don't know what it's like on the ground, but I know, morning magpie, that there's uh, (laughs) an element of. uh, when you go to the underground, when you come out of town, the scale changes completely. The stops are much further from each other. And they're, yeah. you know, I mean, it's kind of arbitrary where the tube turns into the railway when you come out of town. Even there, I found nice little, odd little passages and funny little lanes I'd never seen before. Even one in North, in North London near Finsbury Park. You know, that opposite Finsbury Park station is a kind of little yes. ex-railway line sort of passing. The secret steps that yeah. take you up to the I'd never found cut through before. to, yeah, it's wonderful. I've lived there for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's discovery. It's just <laughs> renewing the joy of running. Yep. Um, if you get bored of running the same routes, you know, it's fine to make a game of it. And I think that's what things like fartlek were invented for. Yeah, that's right. Nobody likes speed training. <laughs> no, and I think it works at every level, doesn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's particularly when you've got like, say, you can, you know, you're throwing away the skill of being able to knock out a few miles. Yeah. When we get to a, a level of being able to go out and run, you know, in day-to-day terms as far as you like. How do you keep it fresh and exciting? It's like, it's, it's like um, jazz, isn't it? That sense of combining a strong base of skills and training with a sense of yeah. freedom and surprise. Yeah, I mean, that's what I loved about running across Europe as well, because I, when I got out of uh, Austria, really, uh, suddenly there were far fewer runners, far fewer sort of long-distance trails that were, that were helpful to me to yeah. go east. So I kind of had to improvise a lot and obviously got lost a lot. But weirdly, I think I, I got lost less, less than I did in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> was it a story you told about an absolutely terrifying bridge? And it was kind of, again, oh. it's like something out of a fable. Yeah. It's kind of crossed the rickety bridge. It looks like no one's been across <laughs> it in 100 years. Or take a 60-mile round trip. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot this of... This bridge looks good by comparison. It was hilarious. It was like somebody decided to d- design a cartoon bridge and make it a reality. <laughs> yeah, I came across one like that when I was lost in Wales, and it was so mossy. It was yeah. like a set dressing from the Lord of the Rings, you know? It was just basically a puffy green nature cushion of a bridge. Yeah. Very picturesque, yeah. but also absolutely clear that to all intents and purposes, no one had ever been over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and was... Did you have a, uh, did you create a structure for your mini adventures? Well, I sort of, I, very boringly, I had a spreadsheet and I sort of ticked them off one by one. Excellent. I, I yeah, that sounds less jazzy, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good thing to do. I had a bunch of races as well. Yeah. So I had a, on the calendar, I had, uh, uh, what was it, the, uh, let me get this right. Well, obviously the London Marathon, because yeah. I bumped into the end of that. <laughs> Got stung by a wasp. Stung by a wasp, you know. That was that's Just right. As well as us going for a run together 
a while ago. And I tried it recently with Paul. Me and Gavin met on the uh, finish line of that first marathon back. Um, yeah, I think I... October 21. I think I just sort of recently broke into a hospitality tent because I, I saw a tea urn. Like any good Scotsman. Oh, there's tea. Just went for it. In fact, you probably didn't see it. You just <laughs> felt it on the Scotsman wavelength. Just drawn towards it. Tea. I can sense tea. So, um, yeah, so we... So I did that, and I did the... the you lay back on the grass, and the wasp stung in the palm of the hand. <laughs> Just for fun. And I went to sit in a chair, and went, I can't! And hopped around with cramp every time I tried to oh, sit no, down for about 45 minutes straight. Right. And then, just moments later, I came at that point, the closest I've ever come, to uh, doing a little... Uh, talking of Huey, a little post-marathon Huey. Oh, no. And that was the closest I'd ever come. Until oh, New York. That, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I listened to that podcast the other day, and uh, yeah, sounded like you had a bit of a what's the word? A, tra- a traumatic one. Yeah, a dramatic one. It was a dra- It was strange because it was, it was an awful one, but I was very sanguine about it. Yeah. I never really fought it. It just was what it was, you know. Yeah. Some days so, it, it doesn't go well. Psychologically, <laughs> exactly. Psychologically, it could have been much worse. Physically, it couldn't have been much worse. But um. <laughs> I've got us back to me. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you're saying about you know, doing wild and crazy stuff people might not have thought of and mix and matching that with things yeah. like the London Marathon because that's the point, isn't it? You don't have to... If you make everything crazy, then you've just created a new normal, you know? Yeah. It's finding that dynamic tension between... There's, there's different mindsets. There's yeah. a race mindset and then there's a sort of fun challenge mindset. And as a result, they'll all benefit from each yeah. other. And you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll learn on a race that's going badly to apply some of the sanguinity, if that's a word. Yes. Of, of things going badly on a, on a sort of challenge run where you just go, you know what, I'm not going to finish this today. I'll come back tomorrow and finish it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> I think we can make that slightly more positive and say, nobody minds. Nobody minds. Nobody knows or cares. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you told them what you were doing, they'd go, that's amazing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to think about, well, you took two days to run their length. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's wrong it, with it is, and it's funny inventing your own challenges. Like I told quite a few people about the York and New York as a thing. Yeah. I'm going to do York and then I'm going New York. And when it came to me, never cold. that seemed like it might become something that people do. Yeah. And when I did it, it just, it's ridiculous. It's just... Or you could do Amsterdam and New Amsterdam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just in case my one wasn't obscure enough. <laughs> and you could do Istanbul and Constantinople and by the same day. all at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll break into the song. <laughs> yeah, well, why they changed it, I don't know. No, why they changed it, I can't say. People just like doing better than me. So, yeah, so um, I had a great time. And uh, some of the. Uh, I went to the far northwest of Scotland. Yeah. And I went to a beach where my granddad used to live. Wow. Where was that town was? It was a place called Poland. Right. Well, that's what my parents call it. But when I got there, there's nothing on the map called Poland. Right. (laughs) Except for like a bed and breakfast. The town's actually, the little tiny village, mostly of tumbled down crops that have fallen to disappear now used as farmers' barns. Uh That's called something else. What's it called? No idea. Wow. (laughs) Can't remember. (laughs) I've been there, honest. I decided to run from there 
to a beach on the far, far, far northwest, Sandwood Bay. Yeah. And Sandwood Bay, you can only reach by a, like, so I think it's a seven kilometer track. Right. Uh, there's no road. You've got about four by four in permission, I guess you could drive down there. But yeah, yeah. Normally you have to walk it, or in my case, run it. So I ran from one beach to another through this sort of landscape that is kind of personally important to my our family. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful, it was, it was a hideous day, sorry. It was raining heavily. <laughs> right. But when he said such a beautiful day, he meant it was such a Scottish day. It, it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> On, on a day that was, would otherwise have been described as, you know, a hideous, a day of hideous weather. But amazing things, when I got there and I got crested the hill, yeah. a patch of sunlight sort of appeared down on the beach. Yeah. And there were these huge foaming breakers, wow. like something from, you know, Australia or Hawaii or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this beach is stunning and it's, it's got reddish sand because it's a particular kind of rock, I think, I remember. Iron rich. You're going to see a lot of microphones. Yeah. I've got to salute them all, I'm afraid. Salute them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're basically like Bell's Beach at the end of Point Break. But yeah. I suppose all the more dramatic because I bet you were the only person for I miles was, around. It wasn't until on the way back I did pass a couple of hikers. Yeah. And we did that sort of thing that people who are out running or hiking in the in a pouring downpour do and just kind of went, oh, we're crazy, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And I sort of shouted this guy. This particular elderly gentleman said, it's worth it when you get there. <laughs> it should be like a sort of slogan of all long distance runners. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a uh, nice little uh, extra sprinkle to add to that, like yeah. people you meet when you're in the highs and the wilds. And I quite enjoy it at the moment because as part of my... I was just going to go straight to midlife crisis, but I <laughs> yeah. make it more positive than that. But as far as my little um, journey to 50, I keep finding little echoes of myself as a teenager. Mm. It's like the key age I'm referring back to at the moment is being kind of 16-ish. Right. Maybe it's because that's exactly where my kids are. Yeah. And I kind of see the comparison very clearly. And I, kind of, I also think I'm kind of old enough that it doesn't terrify me to look at back at my young self and see you know and just see the differences and see how it's about <laughs> yeah what did, what did i get that i expected which of course is not much and what could i not have seen coming which of course is loads but anyway i have this kind of lovely sense at the moment of myself as this kind of long-haired black fingernailed <laughs> jewelry wearing goth and the but the deering family in this case my mum and dad, my brother rather than my wife and kids, always been, but it's true of both, always been very keen mountain goers and yeah. country wanderers. And um, this lady's dropped. Oh. <laughs> I'll just go after her. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Rob's off to chase her. Sorry. You drop one. Yeah, oh, might come in handy. <laughs> I dread to think. This could have gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did have a look before I picked it up. <laughs> oh, we're recording as we run. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a podcast, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you like hearing people chat whilst breathing a lot, then it's the perfect <laughs> podcast. Yeah, if you're into... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's... And it's a fine day to be on the on the on the in the park, I should say. Yeah, it's lovely. 
Yeah, but dramatically so. <laughs> there you go. Another comparison seen in the yeah. fog. <laughs> Thank you. I got that went well. A bit like San Francisco. Yeah, it's always a trouble when someone drops ah, something. I, uh, I think we'll to. go this way. Good. I have a rule of avoiding any strips of tarmac on this run that I can. You're like a reverse nasty Hines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we run around the oh, yeah, Regent's yeah. Park and she's like, I'm not going to cut the corner I like, I don't because that does not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got our rules. But um, yeah, in terms of being on tops of mountains and stuff, and people saying, oh, silly ass, or just a bit further, all those things. You, you know, on mountains in particular, you're nearly there just a bit further. It's a huge rise, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But what used to be great when I was in my mid to late teens is wearing the inappropriate clothes. It was just worth it for how many people told me. <laughs> I'd be up there in like leggings, desert boots, yes. old second hand suit jacket. And your, and your boots. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I used to, I never, I, I, it's almost a tradition of mine never to be wearing the right clothing, so <laughs> I was up on top of Crossfell in the middle of the uh, Pennine Way, which is oh, a, yeah. it's the only, get this, a strange, strange statistic, the only hill to have its own named wind. Ah. The wind is called uh, the Helm Wind. Oh, here you go. The top of the hill is like a sort of helmet, I guess. Right. This wind is permanently blowing across the top. Right. So I'm running out there in a drizzle, in my shorts, t-shirt, and very thin top. <laughs> yeah. There's all these hikers passing me in, sensibly garbed. And I eventually, eventually, I was hyperventilating with cold, <laughs> right. and running as fast as possible, teeth chattering, knees knocking down a hill. But you know, there's a certain. <laughs> weird sense of triumph. Yeah, and it's something, it's difficult with running, isn't it? Because, you know, that dress for the second mile thing can get very complicated. Yeah. Like, you know, I did this, talking about Crosby Beach Park run the other day, and it was, the weather was awful, and I had this negativity, oh, it's going to be completely cancelled. I got there, and everyone's <laughs> there, everyone's really upbeat, and I'm like, oh, everyone's there, and it's really upbeat. And then we waited two minutes to start, and I thought, oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> My organs are going to shut down. I so, you know, highs like and lows. Plastic bag like they used to do in the, uh, I don't people still do that, marathons. Yeah, yeah, well, particularly in places where you can't, where you're not going to end in the same place and yeah. stuff. There's a fair amount of bin bags. Well, I think people brought their bin bags to the, that's hard to say. There's a bunch <laughs> of uh, blokes brought the bin bags to the uh, start line in the New York Marathon, but they didn't need them because it was too hot. Um, but yeah, tops of mountains, fell running in particular because you burn so much energy, yes. you get so hot, yeah, yeah. but then if you're doing distance running, oh, it's crazy. your body calibrates, yeah. everything you're wearing is wet, particularly if it's foggy. Although it also You know, I feel I have a natural advantage, I love, I like running in cold weather, I'm not bothered by it, and it acts as a sort of natural analgesic. Yeah. So if I have any pain in my legs, it goes away after a while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a sensation. I feel I ought to <laughs> tell, you know, on behalf of Paul, remember him going <laughs> off to, uh, and listeners will definitely remember this, him going off to uh, Canada. And he went out for a run. He was half up a mountain as well. So he's up and down the road. And the road was steep and there's trucks thundering down it and there's no trails. And it was minus something. And he was in his shorts. No. He's like, I can't feel my legs. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I'm not getting any information from my naked thighs. So ask, ask before, are my legs still there? Can you just, just have a look? Yeah. Are, there any, are they wounded? Any holes in them? 
because there's no way of knowing. I want to ask a mundane question. As we pass around this park, in those buildings up ahead, for example, is there what we might have termed in America a restroom? Uh, possibly. Okay, that's all I need. Uh, just hope. Just there's a, a cafe. scrap of hope. Cafe coming up imminently, I think, unless we've already passed it. Um, no, I think that's... After this next order, I think. This is Hamgate. Is it something like uh, <laughs> me, put, 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 put. Thing, I've run here like a hundred times. I've never actually named the gates. Ah. There's only two I ever use. Another very picturesque bridge. This one is like a, it's like a Monet bridge. I think this is the Beverly Brook. Ah. The famous Beverly Brook that comes out at Putney. I say famous. But and Beverly Brook is the uh, <laughs> is uh, when the, all the river gods are characterised in the Rivers of London books. Beverly Brook is... Uh, Policeman uh, Peter Grant's girlfriend. Plot spoiler. Oh, there, right. you <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know those books, the Rivers of London books? I don't think so. No, it's, it's about. They're very good. They're very. They're written very much in real life about a working, jobbing oh, policeman. Right. Yeah. But he he uh, finds out that he, he basically that magic exists and trains <laughs> as a right. wizard. Okay. They're very much uh, the grown-up books for people who enjoyed yeah. Harry Potter when they were younger. And, uh, but so London as well. Yeah. And so, you know, like we were saying, I think it really, apart from the actual content of what we're saying, when people read the subtext of what we're saying, is that combination of mm. a bit of creativity and freedom with the love of a map and a spreadsheet yeah. sheet <laughs> and a good fact. I think it's fine. I mean, yeah, uh, both these things are good. Both of my long distance running adventures, I had map books. Did yeah. I stick to them? Yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> In fact, I would say the number. Whoops. Oh, Turn out to be. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Uh, frequently, they were of no use at all. What they did give me is a sense of comfort that there was a potential, you know, course of you know, potential route to civilization if I could just find it. Yes. No, and I think this is a real fundamental, again, in running and in life, and one that me and Paul found chatting about it quite early on but you're just coming back to because it's such a uh, I think it's such a mind-bending bit of philosophy that it's worth reminding yourself of it is that the way to live is to be as prepared as you can possibly be and have a plan a good sensible plan yes and then at but that predictable moment when that plan goes straight out of the window yeah. you go yep I knew that was going to happen I need to improvise now <laughs> And, both, and all of this is fine. It's on that corner. You may find... Oh, there is one. Yeah, it's just across the car park. I've been there before. And that's my oh, expertise. Me. I know. Uh, and again, see, that's the difference between me and Paul, because <laughs> we passed a lot of trees and bushes. He wouldn't have got into the difficulties I've got myself into. But I insist I'm, on a building. I'm tempted to go, but then I'm also tempted not to. And I'm not quite sure which one. It's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I might risk it because I think I've got Phantom Pea Syndrome. You know, oh, yeah. running, you sometimes think, oh, I've really got to go. And you don't. <laughs> but then here's a useful bit of uh, philosophy, which we use a, a lot. Yeah. Which uh, my son went, had the classic thing where he watched the film it was in and went, oh, that's where that comes from the other day. It's from, of all films, Ronin. Yeah. Where someone says, oh, how did you know that was going to happen to Rob De Niro's character? And he says, if there is any doubt, there is no doubt. <laughs> okay. I will return. I'm on that Zen note. Yeah. Running. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. For fact fans, I don't think it was Hamgate, it's Roehampton Gate. Ah, yes. So anyone who's thinking, but the Beverly Brook is by Roehampton Gate, <laughs> then that's... Uh, but then that's I'm thinking, right. is that the same brook as the one we're about to cross? I'm not entirely certain it is. Yeah. Uh, so I could be confused. Yeah, well, well, I'm not as confused as I was. Last time we tried to record, I tried to claim that Helvellyn was in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I've since checked, and it, and it isn't. No, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running in the Lake District. It's, it's probably useful to know which part of Britain you're going to yeah, do a 40 a good mile start. race over the mountain. But then does it, <laughs> does it matter? So, so Helvellyn, over, over Helvellyn. It's a 40 miler. When's this? That's in uh, April, I think. I've got plenty of time to... Train, but I need to get up to ultra fitness, and this time I want to take it seriously and try and get a, an acceptable time. Of course, I don't really know what an acceptable time is. So, and when you say uh, 40 miles, uh, can you give me a rough idea of the course? Because I've always, I've never seen any events over Helvellyn, but I've had um, a, a long-held dream to just run that ridge, to run from the yeah. north end up over onto whatever it is, Cloughhead. I can't remember where it starts or finishes. It doesn't finish in the same place, I don't think. Right. And it goes over Hellvellen and something called High Street, which I don't yes. think is as sort of cosy as it sounds. No, no, High Street is <laughs> is named after a Roman road, ah. which of course someone in Rome, <laughs> or at least a long way from Cumbria, said, "Yeah, just take the road straight. Just take over. There's no mountains in England. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, High Street, though, it is amazing that hey, it's called that. And yeah, you're not going to find a Woolworths up there. Oh, dear. Shows age by reffing. It was a long defunct shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they also used to uh, race horses on top of High Street. Oh, wow. Which when you get there, you'll say, why did anyone ever come up to, <laughs> to do anything? That's a big hill. Oh, That's well. a mountain. Thanks. I'm going to look forward to that. On the other hand, <laughs> that is talking of running the Hell Valley Ridge. High Street is not the same ridge. Ah. You've got some downs oh, no. and ups coming. Oh, dear. You've got patted out between well, those two. They have to fill up 40 miles after all. Yeah, so. exactly. 
Funnily <laughs> enough, thank you. Um, I'm running in Wales. I'll be oh. running over Penny Fan around the same oh, time. Oh, yes, yes. And I once got to the top of Penny Fan in very high wind. Yeah. And uh, so we said, oh, a bit windy up there. The guy came down and said, oh, you're nearly there. And then his face fell. Yes. And he looked at me and said, you really should wear the proper equipment. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> and my brother, um, he of this parish, um, it was great that he was there because he absolutely loved that. <laughs> yeah. See this guy kind of falling on the spike of my ridiculous teenage clothes. <laughs> yeah. Also, like a full trench coat and a back comb, uh, like fingernails. Yeah, yeah, just picture <laughs> like early Robert Smith, right? when he was also in Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Just that, arriving at the, the top of the mountain. As modern Robert Smith, except the white hair has replaced it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Black mane. There's not much in it, is there? Um, <laughs> Good point. So, yeah, um, it's funny you should say that. Segway coming. Here but I ran over Penny Fan in a chapter in the book called Chasing Sean. Uh-huh. We've heard of a chap called Sean Conway. Right. He's like the only person I'm aware of who's done a length of Britain triathlon. Wow. <laughs> he's another, another level of nutter. Yeah. He's a very lovely chap though, and he decided to do this thing which was run a marathon in 15 days. One in each, one marathon in each uh, of the 15 national parks in the Brit- in oh, Britain. Oh, that's clever. Uh, I mean, harsh. Yeah. But clever. But he's, uh, you know, he's he's also not an, not a sort of super athlete runner. He doesn't run fast. He just runs long and determined. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can now say, with much more um, knowledge yeah. than I had before, it's just a fundamental different game when you're doing. Uh, ultra running, distance yeah. running, anything beyond the marathon is, you know, even if you do want to do it as fast as possible, the way to do it as fast as possible is to, to get in the zone, yeah. run in the moment, I've never managed to stop do, and eat, all that stuff. I've never managed to do even splits. <laughs> I probably never will, but I'll get there in the end. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, so I found, I think I found the switch because I ran the Race of the Stones yeah. with a steadiness. It's just yeah, not available very, to me when I'm running marathons. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know how you did that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only went super fast when, when Paul was there. So I blame you. <laughs> just to shake him off and <laughs> make sure he couldn't make it the next day. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that was all on me. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been there for sure. It is strange, though. Um, from here, well, I'll come back to that because yeah. tell me, you were ch- chasing oh. Sean. So, Sean decides this time he wants to invite people to join him. So, on his website, it's a rough location where he's going to be, what time. And that's why I go to Wales. I thought, you know what? He was kind enough to write some nice little bits on my book jackets. Yeah. Uh, good people if you will do, do that. that for you. Then run with you. That's just, just, just <laughs> a little. It's a great, it's a good pro quo. I'm into it. Yeah, so, uh, drove out to. With a bit of hilarity, trying to find him, because I decided to sleep overnight in the van in this other beautiful area that was just around the corner from where Sean was, theoretically. But I could not find it. <laughs> I got there 10 minutes after everyone had left. Spent about half an hour running around the hills going, I don't have a map. I, didn't, I was going to follow them. <laughs> uh, got back in the van. I had a cunning thought. I thought, I know they're going over Penny Fan, and that's a big hill. It's going to take them some time. And Sean has 13 marathons in his legs. So I've probably got time to drive around to the car park on the other side of Penny Fan 
and pick them up there, which is what I did. But then I thought, I want to run a marathon today. And by the time I got back to the start, which is, you know, his start, my van is, of course, on the other side of Penny Fan. <laughs> and I'd only run like 20 miles. Yeah. So after I say goodbye to Sean and his friends, I uh, ran over Penny Fan. And I have to say, it was beautiful until I got lost. Which oh, is no. Basically, what I do. I've got to tell you, that's a pretty. <laughs> see this yellow bit road type path we're running on now? Yeah. The path up Penny Fan is a bit like that. It does until you decide, oh, if I go that way, I can walk over that ridge and that'll be quicker and nicer. Yeah. And no. Stick to the Idea to your next book. So it was like a, a 32 a, mile run. A lifetime of getting lost. Yeah, that's probably a good title. Yeah. Getting lost and loving it. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> also, that Chasing Sean chapter yeah. could have been called Penny Fan, Where's My Van? <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to the top of Penny Fan, though, you really should consider wearing the proper clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's funny. Talking about the uh, mountains and miles, we're considering, not considering, expecting ourselves to uh, put away come spring. Because I've really noticed this in these last days, possibly because of the change of seasons. I can just see the race that's sown so clearly yeah. in my memory. Does it give us fondness for it now, looking back? Yeah, but it kind of terrifies me yeah. how... I mean, it's totally vivid. I remember what the weather was like. Yeah. I remember how it felt to, for the run to be within my power. My son was listening to a song on his run at the weekend that was one of the songs that made me have a big emotional cry yeah. when I was doing it. I just remember all this. Yeah. But it's like it's um, behind glass in the same way that this weather... It's in the display case of your, of your, yeah. of your, of your legendary the locked, runs. The locked <laughs> display case of my mind. And... Uh, so you know how we can imagine we can daydream up a hot sunny day, yeah. but when you look at this, you can't really truly feel what it would be like if it was a beautiful hot sunny day here. No, this seems perfect for this run. Yeah, then... and uh, I also feel the same way in terms of my uh, fitness. Yeah. yeah, and I think again, getting all zen about it, but I think <laughs> that's one of the great—it's the great lesson in life. We're always kind of seeking this uh, stasis or this quality or this progress. And uh, it's all so elusive. Yeah. Nothing stays the same. Yep. The lesson isn't getting it or learning it. It's, it's learning to, to let it go. And being okay with that. So yeah. I've got a big life change coming up. <laughs> I'm leaving London. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, that's uh, good. I'm glad we saved this because it's a good <laughs> key plot point. One of the reasons Paul isn't here. Uh, three years. Me and Paul was, as usual, going... Oh, yeah. We could do this then, we could do that then. Trying to work out how to all three of us yeah. hook up and run and not, and have enough recorders that it wouldn't go wrong and all this stuff. And then Gavin got in touch and said, by the way, I'm leaving London. And that's pretty soon now. We've squeezed yeah, this yeah. in, haven't we? Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless things go badly wrong, which is good. And uh, so is this, I this mean... Be my last London run for a long time. Oh my goodness, well, uh, glad to be a part of it. Yeah. And it's quite poignant, and I have, a, I have a sort of slightly strange ambivalence about London now because it's just got so challengingly expensive to live in London. Yeah. Central London, particularly, and have a decent quality of life. Yeah. 
especially as a single person, you know. There's also social uh, politics and actual politics yeah. have made living in London and living in, well, living in England, living in Scotland, two yeah, very different propositions. I think the gap between rich and poor has grown. Uh, without getting too political about things, it's kind of a shame. London doesn't feel quite as optimistic and joyful. Or it might just be I'm projecting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this so well, well, when did you move to London? Uh, 1999. Yeah. Just in time for the millennium. Yeah, I mean, that was a moment of incredible hope. And also the one that comes back to one a lot this year is how London and Britain felt with the Olympics, you know? Yeah. And a moment of... Now that was an amazing time. To international year. togetherness. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and I... I got into my running in London, so I have very... I do have an association of running out in London. It was only in, when I was 34. And running London Marathon, the first time that I really started realising that I was a runner. Yeah. And this wasn't going to be just a transitory thing I was doing to keep fit. Yeah. So it's, I associate a lot. Of, and all my, all my friends are here. And, you know, there's so many poignant memories. But... London will always be here, I yep. hope, <laughs> and I can always return. Yep. So what I'm trying to do is figure out where to live that's more affordable. Well, knowing you, you could always just run, run back well, here. Just live <laughs> in my van. Today I just run down every so often over the Pennines. Um, Get lost. So I need to find somewhere. How did I end up in Denmark? <laughs> I need to find somewhere that's got a beautiful. Uh, region around it to run in. That's yeah. one of my big criteria now. That wouldn't have been the case yeah. when I first moved to London. No, it's different. So London has sort of gifted me that in a weird way. Well, Edinburgh is one of those places hmm. that where I had that as a touring comedian and someone who lived in a few titties, cities. Lived in a few titties. That's another story. <laughs> it's not going to Rob. It's a different, different podcast. Um, it's just Edinburgh is a prime example of a place that I thought I knew inside and out. And then went there as a runner and found, like, it's almost like a whole other city mapped over it. Yeah. It's a bit like PC Peter Grant finding out <laughs> that there's a, a London of um, magic and fairies and demons all laid over exactly the same map, yeah. you know? Except with runners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Edinburgh is another... That's where I'm going to spend the next couple of months just figuring out my next move, writing... Working on a novel. Uh, Very good. Well, revising one. Writing some more short stories. And also working on uh, increasing the old revenue. That sort of thing. Like, you know, general life management. So but whilst being in a stunning, stunning part of the world, seeing my parents and going on some long hill runs, hopefully in the snow. Cause I love a damn full idealistic crusade. Yeah. Now, um, can, I just, can I just mention yeah. this particular hill? It's uh, the kind of heartbreak hill of this Richmond run. But I always insist on running it. Okay. Even though it's hellish. Well, it's a hill. I just thought I was getting tired. It's beautiful and hellish. <laughs> this is like the pre-hill hill. It's really lovely. We've got, as we come up across here, I've got a feeling from what you say that this ascent is just going to carry on and maybe oh, yeah. curve up a little bit. But and then it's going to go, you call that a hill? Yeah. This is a hill. I knew it. So we brought on a heathy. <laughs> Brackeny sward with our yeah. sandy path going at the middle. There's a road on our right and a couple of bare trees. A little stand a of bears. evergreens. Yeah. And then all along our left, 
a row of, what are they, beaches? I don't know, but they're all kind of somewhere between gold and orange. Yeah. And then a deep orange oak up ahead. And frankly, it's a bit gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. You're going to miss this. This is, I am actually. This is one of the best times to run in Richmond Park. If you're very, very lucky, I think it's, it might be around now that, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a point where the deers do the rutting. Yeah. With their antlers. And I think it's like, I think it is autumn. Or late it's autumn. definitely the autumn. I don't know yeah. quite how far through the autumn. But yeah. Like, oh, I once got dropped off here by a, a then girlfriend who very generously said, why don't you go for a run at 5am and see me after work? So it's starting really early. So You're right. I, uh, it's all right. It wasn't even dawn. And we got here. And well, as if I it ran wasn't a, dawn, I, what was her name? So I, hey! Yeah, as I got the stunning, as I got here, uh, no photographs. <laughs> I can get it while we run if you can. As you got to this point. As I got to this point, near the top, I think actually maybe the next hill. Yeah. There were a couple of stags. Wow. Full grown antlers going at dark. it. I heard the sound before it I saw clunk. them. Yeah, it was amazing. They don't hold back, do they? And it was at dawn. Yeah. It was really poetic. That's a poignant memory I'll never forget. That's the scene. It sort of feels mythical. Like no matter it. how long you spend outside Scotland, you'll always be able to use your radar to find tea and stags. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember seeing a. It's a great place for that, isn't it? The, Deer and the stags. Also remember coming around here on a um, daylight today with my oft-mentioned today yeah. brother um, and seeing some very insouciant yeah. foxes <laughs> just cruising across the path. I was like, I know, we normally sleep, but we just I got stuff on. <laughs> so I was quite happy to leave you two take the range of conversation there because we're nearing the top of this. It's a good hill. A pleasant little hill. There's a lovely serpentine scoop just I, after that big tree. I used to uh, do some marathon training here. I used to do three circuits at the most extreme, which is 21 miles. This had to do three times. The third time, I really thought, that's just taking this. <laughs> There's no need for that to be so steep. Well, I think that... leveled it out. Nature. I felt like we saw something in the way you sort of said, oh, by the way, we're not walking this hill. <laughs> you dropped it in a very subtle way. Just a subtle hint. But it didn't really allow for any other <laughs> no. potential reality. I think that's how you address the uh, blooming uh, activities that yeah. Wacky Races runs you You make your own undertake. rules and stick to them, even if they don't make any sense. Make your own <laughs> rules and stick to them. He's not wrong. <laughs> and the rest just sound a bit like a broken record. See these houses here? Yeah. My brother used to live there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, nice view from your, from your window. Yeah. Attic room window. That's the way he was living when we came in. out here and saw the foxes. Ah. And I was thinking, I wish I lived nearer to Richmond Park so I could get a run in. But having come up that hill... I feel more equivocal about that whole thing. <laughs> so, I mean, there's lots of car parks, so you can. Yeah. I've never done it. No, I think I did it once. You can drive here and then run. Uh, well, one thing I did in my book, for the book, was the Capital Ring. Yeah. You heard of the Capital Ring? Yeah. 78 miles. There's, a, there's an ultra on that, actually. Yeah, well, that's... I was being... I get that lot, is ferocious. <laughs> lots of emails about doing that. 
doing an ultra through South London last year, which is fascinating because I hadn't considered that at all. Yeah. What a completely different game. Yeah, it's a big enough city you can definitely string together. I mean, there's loads of ultras. There's one. My first ever ultra was London to Brighton. Yeah. It's a beautiful route. That's what Zoe Lyons did, isn't it? Downs. I think so. Yeah. She might have done the same one. Very well marked. Very yeah. well. Good uh, aid stations. But still an absolute nightmare. Good atmosphere. But yeah. <laughs> oh, tough. When you yeah. get to that hill, just before Brighton, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just the line of the South Downs, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I don't know, Ditchling Beacon or Devil's Dyke. Come on, it's all just one big yeah. hill. You've got to get over it wherever you get to. <laughs> but what I found was, uh, uh, what I learned then was, which I, I still hold... You know, I hold this close when I'm struggling in an ultra or a long run. Is that waves of energy come and go? Yes. And you can refuel, and you think your legs are dead, and then, you know, once that once that power kicks in, there's some more. Yeah. <laughs> you learn a very, you learn to sort of understand the the very sort of chemical process of yeah. carbohydrates. Uh, <laughs> Absorption. And when you have a, that kind of, but when you're in that tunnel and it feels bad, yeah, it doesn't feel like that can be true. No, but you just have to weather. I'm just going to get slower and then until I'm it passes. End up and yeah. so, recent another one in the, in the book is uh, did the uh, one of the Centurion hundred mile. They do about four or five hundred mile races every year. Yeah, and one of them starts with Goring and Streetly. I'm doing a gig in Goring on Saturday night. Have you been there? Yeah. It's a lovely little village. Yeah, George Michael used to live there. Uh, used to see him down the shops, <laughs> choosing his potatoes. Good anyway, um, uh, it's a lovely village, but you could run along the ridgeway in two directions. And you can run along the Thames towpath into a, it's like a cross formation. So that's what they do. If you join to one place, you go 12 and a half miles and then back and then. Oh, that sounds absolutely so cruel. <laughs> you get back to the point. Yeah, that's think. the thing. It's both wonderful and terrible. Yeah. You've got all your gear and every, every 25 miles, you could theoretically just stop. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I didn't. And well I have. Done. And I, I have given up on other races. I've done a couple of DNFs, DNFs on it. Yeah. But not this one. And the weird thing is, both times I've run that, even though I was crawling by the end, yeah. in the last mile, I suddenly found I could sprint. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where's it Where come from? Where did it come from? Yeah. Has that no, been that's interesting. I think, in a way, when you have one of those runs, this is a new and easily tested and indeed ruined thing. <laughs> but when you have one of those runs where you get that opportunity to retire, it's kind of like a, yeah. having a temptation that means that you're maybe less likely to do it. I think so. I mean, my virtual... You the thought of it and you think, how will I feel if I don't do it? And how will I feel if I battle on? Yeah, exactly. You give yourself the opportunity to let go of the idea. Yeah. I had that with the uh, very wet virtual London Marathon. Yeah. To pass my house at 10 and 20 miles <laughs> and fell over 20 must have just been after 20 was when I fell yeah. over oh, no. and I thought well I'd go back and have a little cry in the house <laughs> and I didn't did you get a kick of adrenaline because that usually helps a little yeah. after a fall <laughs> yeah but I don't trust it <laughs> stay sensible don't fall over don't go too fast yeah um, but I think that uh, that power at the end is interesting as well because in New York the first time I did it I found that but I was so angry. Yeah. Got the end of the New York Marathon. So angry with myself for it being so hard. 
and uh, doing so much walking. But when I got to a mile from the finish, I thought, well, there we go. And I kind of sprinted. <laughs> yeah, you can. Whereas last week I wasn't angry. And as a result, <laughs> I wasn't going to be sprinting for the finish. Yeah. It can be a, a strange motivator, like annoyance at self. I think generally <laughs> you can find something a bit more positive. Yeah, I think conflict <laughs> with yourself is a, uh, it's not that it isn't a power. Yeah. It, it's a dangerous and costly power to use. Yeah. There's, uh, I don't know, I keep harping on a moment, but back a bit, but you know, what can you do? Writers have to promote. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and it's full of great stories. Oh, I'm confused now. Which way do I normally go? Oh, here we that go. Way. Always left. <laughs> Always the leftmost path. He's got me lost again, listener. I haven't no, got enough legs nice to do extra miles. We're going to get a nice downward hill. So if we end up on top of Penny Fan, I'll be, should be very cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that shop where George Marco used to go, they had a membership system where if you had a loyalty card and bought orange juice, you didn't have to pay for beverages. It was uh, oh, no. Club Tropicana drinks oh, free. <laughs> This is what I find amazing about comedians. Some part of your brain has been working on that joke whilst carrying on this conversation. No, no. I had it, had it <laughs> straight away, but it was too polite uh, to, sell it, to sell it. And then when the moment had clearly passed, uh, I couldn't help myself but go back. I thought that you were doing dual processing. So <laughs> sophisticated technique. So now, in, at this point in the run, I usually, I'm usually thinking, I'm over the hill. It's downhill all the way. This is going to be fun. And then it goes on for far too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the long run, two miles left. In the long run, the old feels like quite a long way. Downhill is is a real barometer, isn't it? Because when you're going well, you can really feel stretch out the magic down physics yeah. of a downhill. And you enjoy and it. And when you're tired, you just think, well, I still have to run. Yeah, it's, it's not the same as stopping, punching my thighs with hammers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had that on the uh, canal canter. <laughs> Which is very flat. Yeah. And really. But it's probably quite solid underfoot, quite hard. Yeah. And it was tough. And then just near the end, as I knew from having come from there at the beginning, it goes past one of those major lock systems. Oh, yeah. So actually a proper serious um, hill and uh, running down it. Yeah, just You're so disappointing. Wait, oh, Nobody promised me hills on a canal run. That's right. <laughs> Damn you. That's not how canals work. Oh, my thighs <laughs> took it that day. So are you, are you fully recovered now from New York? Do you, um, or you still feel it? I feel quite... It's very hard to tell because I had a hell of a week. I came back from New York and immediately had to do a really solid day's creative work. Yeah. And then went to Estonia. Oh, and then came back. And then we had a big family day out yesterday with... Oh, I came back and... Supposed to be back at late morning lunchtime. I didn't get back till about half three. Had to go out less than an hour later to go and do two gigs in central London. And then, uh, yeah, through, I feel, feel again that I can invoke the spirit of Paul here because then went out and spent the day drinking with friends yesterday. Uh, yes. So have I recovered? <laughs> no. Have no well, chance. I'll confess to uh, half a bottle of Medoc last night, just for the hell of it. Sort of goodbye to London, sort of thing. Uh, well, quite we right. And well, he's to it. We're on the downhill stretch. <laughs> I feel like commentating now for some reason. I think if we'd taken eyes with those paths, we'd have got to there. 
And that yeah. feels like a little... Uh, could have raced it. That's a philosophical. There'll be no racing. <laughs> oh, I'm actually feeling the joy of a downhill. Yeah, well, like, good, good, good luck. I'll catch you up. It's because I haven't thought of... Uh, <laughs> because when I'm running with someone else, it's very different for me for running by myself. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel the run hardly at all. Yeah, which is good and bad, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice. It makes running feel very easy, but it also means you can kind of miss stuff. Yeah, and I'm probably not... Maybe I'm not... Uh, maintaining the kind of pace I normally would. Well, I thought you set off pretty quick when we set off, so I've probably been holding you back. Ah. I am... Um, uh, this is like a good pace for most and, of it. And going back to my recovery, one of my most troubled areas yeah. these days is my left knee. Yeah. And it's very... Um, it's very like, slow to send the signals back. Yeah. Race the Stones and New York, I wouldn't have said I had anything, any notes at all from my left knee. Uh, <laughs> and yet, after the race of stones, maybe a fortnight later, it started feeling strange and hasn't really been right since. And similarly, my knee just started feeling weird at bedtime last night. So, yeah. you know, basically a it's good solid... Awesome. After 168 hours, <laughs> your discomfort should begin. <laughs> yeah, delayed, was it delayed onset muscles and yeah. doms. Exactly. And then Dom. there's also... Uh, it's the ding-dong of the doms. There's a lot of running ex running ailments that either you don't feel till you start running or sometimes you feel in normal civilian life and then they go away when you start running. That's, yeah. That's the weirdest one. I think I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I have that a lot. Yeah. Generally, uh, my uh, even quite bad injuries. And sometimes I have to remind myself of this because we always project yeah. age and decrepitude onto how our running goes. But when I was first a runner... I mean, years ago now, we're talking 10 years ago, yeah. I was knocking out incredible times that I can't match now. But my knee then, yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> I was limping everywhere. Yeah. I, remember, I remember hobbling up and down the underground, like to all, not just for a bit, but like all for like yeah. a winter or 18 well, months. I couldn't I can, get up and down the escalator. I can honestly say from all my experiences, like consecutive day running, that the times I'm running on texture like this, where it's very varied underfoot, you know, different kinds of... Oh, we've gone the wrong way. All right. Uh, Let's go back up there. <laughs> See? I can't do it. I can't really... Can't, I can't even not get lost in one of my most familiar routes. Do you sure you don't want to look at this map? Because... No. That could work for me. No, it's basically just around the outside. I can see a but map. I meant to go down. Get close enough to see it. It's so. not really lost. It's just there. He's not really lost. Oh no! There's a deer call going on. <laughs> that could be fairly, fairly unpleasant end to this run. Yeah. <laughs> just someone hands you a club and says, "Oh, hey, there's some letters full up there." How deer in call. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they use giant clubs for no apparent reason. <laughs> I should not have worn this baby seal outfit. But we're in running gear, so Too dark. we've got an advantage. <laughs> that's terrifying, like that sign. Have you ever seen that sign you sometimes see on country roads, which is uh, big white capital letters on a red background? Cat's eyes removed! Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> this is terrifying. Cat lovers. Oh, my my favourite one, and I still don't know what it means, and I kind of don't want to look it up, <laughs> is one I saw in a forestry... Sort of forestry path. Just said, witch holes. So if anyone, any listeners can tell us what a witch hole is. <laughs> answers on a postcard. Well, I think Remember it's... Remember answers on a postcard? Absolutely. <laughs> Remember Johnny Ball saying, drop me a line. Drop me a line. He meant to send me a letter. It yeah. took me years to work out. <laughs> it's nice when you're little. 
and grown-ups talk to you with respect like you're another grown-up. <laughs> sometimes that can lead to not knowing what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're dangling notes out of the window and bits of string. But then also I remember um, uh, Noel Edmund saying, oh, one if you're outside London. <laughs> Oh, one. oh, well, if you're outside <laughs> London. Yeah, I want if you're outside London. And I just remember thinking, who's outside London? What do well, you mean outside well, London? Everyone else in the country, including Tom, is going, come on, mate. That's not fair. <laughs> what a cheek. Talking to being outside London. Come on and answer this, even if you don't worry. There's no, it doesn't constitute a verbal contract. I'll just run away. You go to Edinburgh. You've lived there through the winter. Yeah. And then you move into... In the spring. You, where are you going to move? Or where are you going to move? Where's it going to be? Well, there are some places that are on the short list, including Margate. Ah, so fully all the way south. Yeah, it's not that far from London. Yeah. See, the thing is, I want to be able to visit my friends. Yeah. But I also want to be somewhere that's beautiful, small town community feel, kind of cultural, rents cheaper. So you're going to come back down to south of England? Probably. Yeah, yeah. But there is a part of me that has a strange urge to go and live in a tiny croft in the middle of an island in the middle of nowhere. Well, you know, you're Scottish. <laughs> you're, part, like, you're part salmon. Well, just be like a runner, who, a writer, rather, who needs to be in a bothy, you know, battering out the pages on an old Smith Corona. Well, look at you, quicker going downhill. And yeah. now you find yourself wanting to leap up the waterfalls. <laughs> To the spawning grounds. The spawning ground, <laughs> where I was spawned. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I was spawned in Edinburgh, so it didn't be yeah. far. <laughs> I, don't, I tend not to ask that question. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Mom, Dad, where was I spawned? <laughs> if spawning means being born, I think it probably does. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, then that was the Edinburgh Infirmary, which is now... That's out of executive housing. Is that that's <laughs> just on the south side of the meadows? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I took my that's daughter when she when she broke her arm at soft play in Edinburgh. Right. <laughs> soft, soft, play. soft play. Well, it's got soft play. Hard yeah. penance, essentially. Soft play, that's where we take the hammers off you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely hospital. Yeah. She, uh, she, uh, we always took the mick out of her because she's pretty small, but she was a smart um, wit and world leader she is now. Yeah. I think she's about six. And uh, she got her x-ray, and they said, do you want a sticker? And she took a sticker, and she would say, I chose it for the picture. <laughs> at this point, she chose a picture of a panda. And we were laughing at her because he had the fantastically low-aiming congratulation. I sat still for my x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, Daisy, you must I be very pleased off. Really <laughs> like, I like the panda, all right. Anyway, yeah. what do you get when you, if you if you have your blood taken or something? Yeah, yeah. A medal. Or <laughs> Biscuits, I've heard. That's a different situation. Well, I think the sticker system should come back and it should be extended. Well, to that's the thing. I went and got my uh, um, first uh, COVID jab, and yeah. uh, did, I'd seen all these stickers online, all these talker stickers, <laughs> and I didn't get a sticker. Oh. I was pretty shocked. <laughs> I'm quite gutted, but I just made them all laugh at me, a grown man who didn't get a sticker. Where's my sticker? It was a good bit. And I went back to my house, told this story on the step, and my daughter, within a preposterously short amount of time, I say literally, honestly, no exaggeration, yeah. within a minute, possibly within 45 seconds, had... Uh, we came back with a sticker with a picture <laughs> of a panda. Excellent. Which said, I sat still for my COVID vaccine. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it was brilliant. It's one of the best callbacks of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the Edinburgh Infirmary made me think of. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah. I don't know, because spawned, I mean, <laughs> you mainly use it in, in relation to animals with eggs, don't you? That's the thing. Uh, yes. I mean, it definitely didn't come from an egg. I was born I not far from here. Not, I didn't come out of an egg. West Middlesex Hospital, which doesn't exist oh, anymore. Yes. Neither the county nor the <laughs> hospital. But also... I'm sure I've been there for some ailments, no doubt. Probably running related. Yeah. <laughs> I also know that there was an impromptu party at my house, my mum and dad's house once, yeah. after Chelsea won the football in uh, early 1972. But we've never had that conversation again. <laughs> And I'm, ha I'm happier for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, it's a sort of a nostalgia run. And uh, as you get older, nostalgia's like a nice, warm, comfy blanket. You can sort of slip in and out. It's not embarrassing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, look how much time I'm enjoying spending with the concept of my goth self. That's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, God, I, I cleared out some old photos because obviously I had to try and run, throw out as much stuff as possible. And every move, there's an accumulation. Yeah. And I thought, I've been lugging around boxes of old photographs for years. 90% of them I don't want to keep. Yeah. I've got all the negatives. So I went through every single photograph I had. And of course, that was like a... A pristine explosion of yeah. <laughs> memory of awkward youth. Also in a long coat, but I think I was just more of a geek yeah. before that was a fashionable thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, it used to be, in a way, it used to be even cooler because people didn't know it was cool. You yeah. know, the kind of Jarvis Cocker factor. I remember, I like a, I think it was a teacher who one day said, oh, passed me and I went, oh, you look like John Denver. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, thought, I had to, like, there's no internet to Google who John Denver was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Background awareness of this I'm a guy I'm with, like, a like a bowl cut and a giant pair of specs, which is pretty much what I had. It. <laughs> to be fair, you'd probably be even less comfortable if the teacher had said, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> a John Denver fun for the listeners. <laughs> so, well, what do you... What do you remember of your... What, if I say, what, what three things do you remember from this last however long in London? What pops out? <coughs> wow. Uh, Getting stung by that wasp. Finish on the London Marathon. Well, I think... Yeah, the first London Marathon was pretty awesome. That's a running memory. What year was that? That was uh, 2004. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't even join a running club. I just did it all myself. I did all the training. Yeah. I sort of did it spreadsheet which I, I know another spreadsheet which <laughs> I kept what an incredible to, mountain to climb which, which for once I actually adhered to and um, yeah, I banged out the miles and got up to 50, 60 miles a week yeah and then I did uh, not as well as I was hoping but had I known about the gold, silver bronze medal concept yeah, yeah, yeah I would have had a silver for a while right, so we have to stop here for just a second you yes. see this hill here oh yeah uh, these trees are quite big, but I'm, I'm going to now talk about a memory which is, well, the best part of 50 years old, because this was our go-to place for sledging. Oh, we're just down there. Just down this slope here. Yeah. So I remember sledging down there, probably in 83, might have been 81, a couple of good cold snowy winters in West London around that time. And I came all the way down there and nearly went in this pond. <laughs> like I had to <laughs> roll off the sledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was like, oh my goodness, this is a great sledging one. Yeah. I'm doing so well. Roll off, roll off. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a roll off route as well. And in, Edinburgh, in the Edinburgh Pentlands, if you walk, if you go up to Benali Park, which I'd highly recommend yeah. next time you're in, but if you've got a spare day, it doesn't take that long. Jump on a number 10 bus. Yeah. 
with uh, Benali or Torfin on it. Guelph at either the bottom of Benali Road or up Benali. You'll see a hill, big, yes, big hills ahead of you, all the other side of the bypass. And up there, that's Benali Country Park. Uh, some of my favourite routes are up there. Yeah. And if you go right into the, through the car park and look to your left, that hill on the left, that's where I used to sledge with my dad. <laughs> it was so fast. You had to do that thing of putting your gloved hand down. Yeah, to yeah. To turn the corner. Yeah, and yeah. then there was a ditch at the end that you you had to roll off. Yeah. To, or you'd end up in a sort of explosion of plastic splinters and bone fragments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me and my friend, who I, I was in a band with at the time, and ended up working out. I still know him. We worked together in comedy years later, so long-term adventure uh, brother. Um, we went sledging in the Chilterns yeah. one Saturday. See, I'm always trying to work out which year it was based on what the weather was like. <laughs> but anyway, this would be around 1990, 1991. Yeah. Trees like... <laughs> really, he has given you the Very finger. Rude. Get out of London. This is London, sorry. Just because I said I was leaving, just yeah. then you have to... Brutal. Just seems cruel with that young couple running past it like an advert for running. Yeah, they're like, this is what running actually is. You're off the cover of the magazine. None Have of you this seen a chatting, recording podcast? I can hear like a vehicle. It's bothering me. Um, anyway, we went sledging in the Chilterns this yeah. time. Brilliant choice of routes. It's like a Holloway right. in the hills there, just oh, above yeah, Chilter. Yeah. And you could either go down the old hollow path, yep. which is. Fantastically dangerous because all these <laughs> logs and things under the snow, and if you get fast enough, you can go on the sides, you know, like a Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. And then, or from the same start point, you can go down diagonally ah. straight across the field. And if you did that, there was a barbed wire fence. <laughs> if you tried to stop yourself, it's very powdery snow. Oh, no. So, if you stop yourself with a hand or a foot in front of the sledge, you put up a cloud, cloud of snow and get the worst ice cream headache ever because you just, <laughs> oh, yeah, just freeze your, your skull. Yeah. Um, anyway, great adventures. Came away from that. Once I got to just heading straight for the fence and I saw a bit where the bottom row of barbed wire was hooked up <laughs> over the second one yeah. and I got under it. It was like, felt like Indiana Jones grabbing his hat. It was beautiful. <laughs> and, um, and I got a bruise on my thigh. It was very much like a map of the USA. Yeah. Anyway, we went home. The end of that Saturday. That was a great day. Great day. We'll come back and do it again tomorrow. And just so clearly remember that next day, that phone call. Mm. Him saying, I, I don't think I can go today. <laughs> and me saying, oh, no. no, I can't. I, I agree. <laughs> I, think, I think we've done it now. Yeah. <laughs> that must be one of the best things about becoming a parent is being able to do crazy fun childhood things again that you've sort of put to one side as an adult. Absolutely. Not because you're not allowed to do them, just because when are you going to have the time? When are you going to make the effort to buy a sledge? Am I going to buy a sledge and go sledging? I don't know. Exactly. I'd love to do. Oh, it's <laughs> a, why don't I just do it? It's a lens for doing that stuff, isn't it? You're absolutely right. And it comes right back round to choosing your own secret missions, you know. When it snowed, thank goodness, because it's only snowed about twice since the kids were little. Yeah. And we did exactly that. We went to Primrose Hill and sledge down it, and that was on a Sunday. And All that can happen there is you end up crashing into the zoo and being eaten by a lion. Yeah, so nothing to worry about. <laughs> Thank goodness we went in the canal. Um, but we went back the next day, got the kids straight off to school, quick to Primrose Hill, and the snow was still there. There's a thousand less people because it wasn't the weekend anymore. And yeah, you know, 
we'll always have that. That was an incredible yeah. couple of days. And uh, it's the other wonderful stuff. Playing cards, playing frisbee. It also makes you think, I'm pleased that I, as a teenager we did that. Because yeah. that time when we went sledging just then, we were pretty grown up. And I can remember when I was about 20, we used to go into the woods and play well, what we called 50-50, but also known as on palm and 40-40. All right. Okay. Timpanelli, one, two, three. Sure, I've heard of any of those. Well, <laughs> what do you call it? It must have something else. It's, it's like it's where you run and hide, right. but it's not hide and seek because okay. you then have to make it back to base without being caught. Ah. What do you call that? If you get spotted, they call out your name. I don't know if we had that. say 40-40 yeah, ICs. Dogs, believe it or not. Yeah, that's good. But that's Anyway, the, I mean, people put all this money into... I don't know, paintballing or whatever. We used to run around in the woods and with the power and strength of a grown-up. Yeah. What an incredible <laughs> game. Destroy the kids. <laughs> yeah, we, we only played with, with other grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Regretting their life choices. So look, these two that we just exemplified as great runners, they've just stopped. Go <laughs> <laughs> have a walking break. Overtakers always stop. You always stop. Do you do the thing when you overtake someone who's running just a little bit faster than you, deliberately speeding up? Because the last thing you want is them to go, hey, a race. <laughs> Try and take you again. Yeah. I just think if I'm going to overtake someone, it's impolite to overtake them and then just run a tiny bit faster than them all yeah. the way. I just think, in principle, I always like to imagine I'm just going at a speed. Yeah. And everything else just relates to that. But with running, one can be a little bit dishonest <laughs> with oneself. Yes. Yeah, I was going to this speed anyway. You suddenly find yourself significantly out of breath. Running a couple of six and a half minute miles around <laughs> Victorian Park. Yeah, yeah, this is my speed. Oh, God. I can keep this up all day. Oh, my God. I can't remember the last time I ran a six and a half minute mile. I think I should probably try it just to see how it feels. Yeah. Maybe not now. Yeah. So we're now approaching the last mini hill of... Uh, of this run in the last, the last time we stretched. I've got to say, if we've done a circuit of the park... Well, we nearly have. Which is that seven, right? Are you a completist? And now I'm a get-back-to-the-stationist. All right. Well, there's, there's, there's two ways to do it. And both, <laughs> to be honest... That felt horribly cynical, no, but you did ask. No, but both, are, both of these gates are very close, but one's on the top of a hill. Right. One isn't. Okay. So I usually stop down here because I like it. I've had enough by the time I get here, and I love the fact that I can see the finish line from here. Yeah. And I can just stretch, stretch out, and just enjoy the. Are we saying we're going to lengthen out? We're going to run a bit well, faster just to the gate. Okay. There's the responsibility on me down again. Down to the lose at the end, which to, uh, are helpful. Oh yeah, he knows me well. But it's a downhill, isn't it? Yeah. What's nice about getting into a downhill like that is you can actually feel. The feeling of it is not so much the pace as the stride length. Yeah, yeah. So you can, your muscles really welcome it. Your breath's deep. It's a good stretch. Your lungs have to sort of go, okay, guys. Well, let's, uh, let's expand a bit more. And the gentle sound of the wind around your ears. And the sometimes gentle sound of, of the pedestrian oh, leaping out of the way. There's <laughs> only one guy, usually, or one woman, there's usually a lot of people here that I have to sort of go, excuse me, as I belt past it. That's the other advantage of being out on an atmospheric, misty, moisty morning, is that you will only see yeah. other runners, cyclists, dog <laughs> walkers. All the, all the maybes decided not. Now, this group now we just trees. get out our guns and just cull some deer on the way down. This Let's group run. Of, this group of trees wasn't here 
And the first one's you. He's in you. Yeah, this is going to be quite the it's avenue. It's going to be a bit of a one, avenue, eventually. You didn't tell me it was this far. This last, okay, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise style, that's what's going to do it. You see that van? That tree beside that van is where I usually stop. See, I think if you get Tom Cruise playing a different it's character, like this, who's not supposed to be an amazing runner, he wouldn't run in the same way. No, probably not. It is still acting. The always plays that guy. It's a ridiculous winner, alpha, Tom Cruise kind of acting, but it's acting nonetheless. <laughs> to the toilet! Yes! Toilets! Touching this is like my magpie. <laughs> See, 50 50 ice <laughs> There we go. Oh, well, there you go. Well, before we go to the toilet again, let's, let's wrap this up. Because that was wonderful. Yep. And hey, it sounds like you won't be too long before you're back in London, so I will, it's all right. I will visit it. I will go and visit friends, and I'll make the time probably to have a run around here or along the river or something. Well, thanks for making us yeah. a part of your uh, departure. That's okay. And the book is yes. called Running for the Hell of It. Running for the Hell of It. Uh, 50 running adventures from 5K to 100 miles. Yeah, and I've got to do one of those. <laughs> got to do all 50 by my 50th birthday, yes, which is going to be tough, tough <laughs> And uh, they're running again. See, we set them off. There they go. Yep. Yeah, never ex uh, really never behave as if we exist. Yeah, good luck. You've got an expensive house right near here. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, where can uh, listeners find you online? They can, uh, on Twitter, I think I'm I'm just like at Gavin.Boiter. Or also at That's Gavin. That's B-O-Y-T-E-R. That's right. And you're both uh, of us. I have two for some reason. I've got a running rooted one and one that's just me. And then uh, I've got an Instagram. I, I think that's also Gavin.Boiter. It's fortunate. It's, un it's good to have a very unusual name. Yeah. And, uh, and you're the boy to do it. And there's a website, gavinboyter.com. That's probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll find you. Yes. And there go the parakeet. Yes, uh, thanks for uh, being a running companion. It's a well, nice apologies for Paul. Uh, um, no. he's, he, you know, we, we, at least we did run with him. It's we just we've got no ed him. evidence of it. <laughs> there's no evidence. It's almost like it never happened. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.